everybody. We are back with another episode of Isn't That Deep, Though? I'm not going to introduce myself. I'm very close to saying with joy. <laughs> and Cynthia. Can you imagine if we introduced ourselves in that way? That would be we wild. Did. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> it kind of sounded like that because you never really know how to start an episode other than just saying, hey, everybody. And we've gotten better where we just just start talking. Right. I even prefer easy. that we don't say, so how was your week? How was your day? Really? I almost was going to say I do like that. Just like the check-in. Oh, interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we... I like it when we naturally talk about what's going on without doing the generic, how was your week? Oh, I had a good week. You know, a lot going on. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I'll just say, what's going on with you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just like straight to the point. So what up with it? What up with it? (laughs) What up with it? Um, Things are going good. Things are going okay. I'm getting the rhythm with my life. I'm trying not to start with work, right? Okay. So let's talk about my life. Let's not talk about work at all. No work at all about work because I'm not going to talk about work. I just get so bored with work. So Mm. let's talk about our actual lives that don't have to do with labor. Okay. (laughs) I will say one thing though, because there's this one patient that I do work with and I'm really proud of this patient. I just want to talk about it just real quick. We do exposure therapy because the patient has OCD. They're eight years old. I met with them today. Cutest little kid. And one of his fears is things that have to do with like the weather, like obsessive thoughts about the weather, looking at the radar all the time, things in that nature. And he had to face one of his fears this morning because it was super windy. I think it was windy all over the state, but it was definitely windy over the weekend where he lives. And he faced his fears successfully. And it was really exciting to see because it was in the like nine o'clock in the morning, right before he had to go to school. He was nervous because he had to go to school and had to like face all this stuff and was able to do it. So it's like things like that that are like really nice things. You so that's one like point. so much. I try not to. <laughs> I try. Y'all have mercy on me, please. I'm trying no, not no. to. It's so, I get it because I do it a lot too. It starts with using the word like to say, for example. For example. Like when you're doing this. And then mm-hmm. it just is such a cozy, comfortable filler word. Mm-hmm. But sorry. No, that sounded very amazing. And the work you do is rewarding. That's what's so interesting about the two of us, because the work you do is rewarding. And you worked really hard to get to where you are. Mm-hmm. So I think for you, your work is your life. It's at least 80% of your life. It's if a big you part. had to go on a first date with somebody and they asked you, so what do you care about? What do you do? What is, who is Cynthia? You, I mean, obviously most of us always, when, what do you do? Oh, I'm an analyst. I'm a computer science major, whatever. Right. But for you, it's, I don't think that you can extract you from your job because you, your caring nature and the work you do to help people is who you are. You help people. Hmm. So to be, to say, don't talk about work. <laughs> and especially when you put so much time into it. I didn't realize you're still writing papers and shit. Yeah, bro. Oh my gosh. I was messaging you about that. Ugh. I mean, I thought that was homework for school. Oh, I mean, and it was when it was, and now it's not. Now it's my life. So I should have just had endurance <laughs> to keep pushing. Yeah, because I want to do research. So it involves like doing research and writing manuscripts. Mm. Um, but I got it done. Yeah, I got it done, which is good. I have to go back and cut out a lot, which is the part that sucks because you put all this effort in and it's like, okay, we need it to be 4,000 pages. Not 4,000 pages, 4,000 words. And it's 11,000. So that'll be a fun time. But I like it. It's a cool topic. I thought maybe you were just like 300 words off. I I didn't know. Girl, I wish. That's like the abstract. 
And even then, they it's said, long cut long the paper in half. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, <laughs> do tears. Oof, that's a lot. Man, your work is so heavy. I am just <sighs> a lazy sack of shit. No, I don't no, no, know no. What to do. I could not. Every time I think about all the things you do, I think they would have to kiss the fattest part of my ass. I'm screaming. So quick to be like, you want me to do what? I'm so, oh, I'm still writing papers? Is that for real? <laughs> you want to have that by Friday? Yeah. Okay. I don't do much now. I don't even know. I See, it's confusing when you don't know if you want more work mm. or I, I just want more money. That's all it is. Isn't that it? That's the real thing. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, if I cared about what I did, maybe I'd feel more purpose because we talk about this. Every mm-hmm. millennial has it on their mind. Heavy. How much time you spend working, no mm-hmm. matter what you do and how much school, how much time you spent in school, you will be spending more than half of your day, five days a week working. Yep. yep. So at first, I still do think it's a lot to expect people to find purpose within their work mm-hmm. after a point in time. Ugh. You kind of start feeling like maybe I have to figure out how to find purpose in this shit because I spend so much time doing shit I don't care about, even if my workload is really light. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I don't care about any of it, it eventually gets to you. That's why they give us time off so that you can go on vacation and forget the trap that you're in. Mm. But Because right now I just don't give a fuck Mm. about working. And so I'm trying to make my personal life more rewarding yeah and i don't sure. know how to do that because <laughs> i can't travel the way i wish i could and i'm not meeting anybody oh i'm so bored <laughs> uh i mean like we talked about hobbies at one point too i think like hobbies are super helpful in trying to figure out like what hobbies do i like to do and that could be like my five that could be my five to nine life like after five five to nine I'm in bed by 10. Oh, really? Okay, wow. Well, maybe that's like five somewhere. to nine. <laughs> five to nine p.m. <laughs> the four hours a day. What do I have? What do I want? I sit in front of the TV for a good chunk of that. I read for fun. Mm-hmm. I used to like to run. Uh, and that's on hiatus. <laughs> I mean, it's darker. It I feels feel better outside, but I have nothing. I like the idea of laying in bed and sleeping in more than I do of getting up early and running. I used mm-hmm. to love being active at 6, 7 a.m. Yeah. An early start. I, I We'll see. Maybe I'll cycle back to it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's about it. I'm thinking of starting a new side bonus episode pod thing or maybe just working more on my writing. I want to do something called Sensible Black Nerd because I watch a lot of movies. Yeah. I'm kind of into Marvel. Mm -hmm. I love horror movies, but I don't watch them, but I kind of (laughs) do. And then I like some video games and some some dorky things. You know, we said I was kind of dorky. The thing is, I'm not super dorky. I'm not an expert. I haven't seen Star Wars. Right. I've seen most of the Marvel things, but not all of them. And when I listen to podcasts like The Mothership, which is this podcast from this YouTuber that I follow called The Friendly Space Friendly Space Ninja. Ooh, okay. um, and then other YouTubers like Cosmonaut Variety Hour. 
I think that's the name of his channel. I love listening to people talk about movies. I love ah, it. And yeah. I watch a lot of movies. I just don't have any friends who watch movies like that. Currently, I don't. So I never have anybody to talk to about movies or any of the TV that I watch. So I'm thinking maybe I should just talk to myself about it as bonus episodes or mm. maybe write some more. I'm just in my lazy I mean, I'm just being lazy because every editing takes a lot of work, but I'm thinking about it. I'm working it over my head because, yeah. you know, every now I did do an extra episode about Don't Worry, Darling. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be cool to just do once a month a quick like 20, 30 minute thing where I just talk about what I saw that month that I liked because mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of movies and I'd love to talk about them. And I said, yeah. maybe hear from somebody who also watches movies and would be my friend. <laughs> You you go to like Austin Film Society though, right? Yeah, the people there are not. See, that's the thing. Uh, I, right. I don't. That's why I'm a sensible black nerd because I'm not like super into the shit. For sure, I'm not nerdy enough to be friends with the white people that are into film here. You should. They take it. They're not my cup of tea. I don't know. I've yeah. I've hung at Austin Film Society and seen some things there. I've never seen anybody there that I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe there's a day of the week that I'm supposed to be going that I don't. But <laughs> they all kind of... And also, Austin just has a lot of people who... I don't know. I'm a little... cautious. maybe. I don't I, How do I say this? I just feel that if you are close to 30... Hmm. How do I say this? <laughs> I want to be friends with people who are ambitious. Yeah. And care about you know who want to live nicer who like to travel and i know travel is such a corny thing nowadays but people who aren't stingy with money or Mm -hmm. like living with four roommates i just noticed that a lot of white people in this town Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's that they don't want careers and like comfortable lives i don't know because they typically come from like two-parent households with money like your parents own nice houses but there's something about the white people who settle here outside of the tech industry and the rich people here Mm -hmm. most of the people here don't seem to want anything that is i guess normal i don't know they don't want to be married they Mm -hmm. don't want to like own property they don't want to have full-time jobs that pay a lot they complain a lot about capitalism and they just kind of want things to come to them and i just get annoyed because i'm like you're white things are already here for you you just don't want to work or i just said i don't want to work but they don't (laughs) i have a full-time job damn it i pay my bills Mm -hmm. (laughs) these people and i'm so annoyed because i really wanted to go to new york for my birthday this year but my rent doubled and so that's how I re- realized, oh, yeah, that's why you don't have the extra money for this, because my rent doubled because I live yeah. alone. And most people I know live with roommates and stuff. So their rent is cheap, which means that they don't have to have these full time jobs the way that I do. So they can stand to be paid less and still have extra money left over. And it just makes me salty, I guess, because I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. working hard and trying to better myself and get this damn PMP mm-hmm. so that I can have a good apartment in a safe neighborhood and travel. Mm-hmm. It just pisses me off that people don't work hard or that they're not concerned about whatever. That's it sounds like it. Rant. Yeah, no, I believe that. And I don't think you should feel bad about that, mainly because of the privilege. And I think Austin is a city that really folks who are in the gig economy have a lot of advantages in terms of like the city is driven by that, you know, and there's nothing there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But I find like that attracts a certain type of person who 
lived in privilege, but never really had to acknowledge it, never really had to acknowledge it because everyone who they knew lived in privilege and they make a, like a conscious, a conscious choice to not participate in that privilege because it's seen as cool or it's seen as like, I don't know, avant-garde or whatever. Um, and just not acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But why should they acknowledge it? Because they've always had to, they've always been okay with not acknowledging it their entire lives. And it's like seen as cool to like have multiple roommates and kind of scrap by, even though you have, you know, you came from a two parent household making six figures and things like that. That really doesn't fly in any other major city in Texas outside of Austin. So it sounds like you need to be around other professionals, like working people. I do. I think I'm salty because I just had this idea in my head that, you know, getting close to 30, you know, get on your grown and sexy shit. Like, oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. we got full time jobs. We making mm-hmm. money now, you know, meeting somebody else who also has their own apartment. You can travel with your friends now because we all, both have disposable disposable income, mm-hmm. dating other people who make good money, possibly getting married soon, mm-hmm. you know, like really growing up and meeting people who are stable. But in this town, there are just so many people who don't want to grow up and they view it. They're all white. So it's already kind of annoying because I'm still like y'all are still fucking privileged, but they view it as this kind of fuck you to society. You know, oh, I'm not going to be like my low key racist parents and grandparents. Fuck the two kids in a yard and whatever and a dog. I, mm. I, I'm I'm gonna live with roommates forever and get a bunch of stupid tattoos and, you know, dye my hair pink. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to complain and say I'm a communist and I'm gonna work as, at a coffee shop or a record store or whatever. And that's what I'm gonna do till I'm 38. <laughs> Or something. I mean, I don't know what our generation is going to turn into because at some point you do have. Don't you get tired of living with people? Don't you want your own space and freedom? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to get married. You don't have to have kids because I'm not trying to have kids and I'm not. I feel like marriage is something that I don't. I can't really aspire to it because it is very conditional to me until mm-hmm. I meet someone that I think I could really like we really work together. Mm-hmm. Then I would say marriage but me now and with my dating history my track record i'm not like oh i just need a man to fix everything oh marriage would be so amazing because if i married anybody that i had dated i would be divorced by now oh and you shouldn't have married them yeah that's god's plan i think that like you're just outgrowing a lot of these people who don't want to grow this peter pan ass life i think you're outgrowing that and they're going all those neverlands yeah and it's like, like I mentioned before, I've lived in all three major cities in Texas at this point. Nothing is like Austin for better or for worse. And yeah, just not being around those people would probably be the best option. It sucks because they make up the majority, at least in terms of like a lot of the mainstream stuff in the city. But just trying to find those enclaves where they're not there probably is the best. Yeah, I can tell you anytime I meet somebody who does who is doing well for themselves around my age, they're married. Mm. And I, I started thinking the woman they married is what what influenced them to turn their life around. Because <laughs> mm. you will not really find a well-dressed man with a good tech job <laughs> who's straight, <laughs> mm. who is single. <laughs> They're all like, I think they all found a woman who made them want to be better, who influenced their style. <laughs> and mm. that's why they look good. And that's why they started giving a fuck about their career because they met a girl that made them want to be better. That's just my hypothesis or my theory <laughs> because none of the ones who are single are doing shit with their lives. Oh my gosh. It's like, 
It's so frustrating. I think it's so interesting you say that because for me personally, a lot of people who I know, who I see on my day to day are not married. Like, but I hang out with a particular group, like a type of person, women. (laughs) And all these women are similar to me because I find them through things that I like. And I'm also not married. (laughs) So that's probably why. I think it's the company that I'm like seeing all the time. So unless it's people who I knew from college, who I'm still friends with, or people from like the community I grew up in high school or just in childhood who are married. Yeah. Most people who I know aren't married, but I live in a different city. Yeah. If your friends or the people you're meeting are mostly black women, it's normal that black educated women who are doing well for themselves are single. (laughs) That is it. Yeah. Maybe 30 to 40% of black educated doing well for themselves. Women are married. The rest of them are single. (laughs) Yeah. Into their forties. So, I mean, I don't know. I said that. It's just what I've noticed. It's not mm-hmm. saying that maybe it is. No, it is harder. Statistically, it is harder for educated black women. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Up. Just because if most people date within their race, mm-hmm. so most black women are looking at black men and then you have the incarceration rate and then you have mm-hmm. black men who are gay um, and then black men who just aren't educated. If you take all of that out, there's just like a sliver of people left. <laughs> right. To try to date. And so... Good luck to those of you who prefer who are black women who prefer black men or, or you're going to die on that hill. I don't have that issue or that hang up. Pray for us. <laughs> it's going to be fine, to but pray for us. Open your minds, I beg of you, because there's just other people out here who could love you. But I also get it, especially if you're very tied to your culture, people mm-hmm. especially who have other languages that they speak that they don't want to bring in someone who don't who don't speak the language or who have they, they have to teach things to or explain things to. That's mm-hmm. normal. I just you're up against a lot. <laughs> Let's get to the episode. So there's not really a topic for the episode today. It's mm-hmm. mostly talking about talking about black vernacular. Mm-hmm. I thought it's very interesting. Sometimes I say things that I know only black people know what it means or say, and I just laugh because I love it. Mm-hmm. So I, we've compiled our own separate list and I've even categorized mine. Oh, shoot. <laughs> just my topic or category. What is your top favorite black phrase or saying? Ooh, over out of all of them. I'm going to use the one that I use the most, especially right now. Anything of the variation like I'm weak, I'm screaming, I'm dead. Like at like as a response to something that I'm like elated by or something that I can't believe is happening. Like something along those lines is a term that I use a lot. And I find that it originated, pro- well, it originated in a black culture, got perpetuated through the internet. And unfortunately is being tied to like internet slang. You know, like there's this whole discourse about internet slang is actually just like black vernacular, AAVE, things like that, um, that got popularized because everything that black people do is popular in America, but there's no credit that's given to that. Um, but that's definitely a phrase. I'm, I'm dead. I'm weak. I'm screaming. Things like that. That's a good point, because I was going to say I have some things that I've noticed that white people have taken mm-hmm. and then there. You cannot ignore that a lot of things on the list are just going to be things that people who are out of the black sphere are just going to say, oh, that's just TikTok speaker. That's just from the Internet. That's just Internet language. It's, I mean, the culture of TikTok and all of Twitter, all of this shit is that black people make shit funny and then white people see it and then it just kind of permeates to every group and mm-hmm. then nobody remembers where it came from. Just like music and stuff like that. I mean, everything black people make, it's always going to be we forgot 
where it came from, but who cares? Let's share it <laughs> kind of thing. My favorite saying, and I, I don't know that this is my favorite because I feel like I had one the other day that I was laughing at. I was trying so hard to like rack, like rack my brain to to see, to remember all the ones that I love and I just couldn't get them all. But I, I always laugh at the, the shoot up the club. <laughs> <laughs> It's a sexual, it's under the category of sex. Shoot up the club means to have sex without protection. Yeah, that's I forgot about he that. He shot the club up. Like, that's, that's funny. I forgot I about that. that. That's something that's so funny. I feel confident that we don't have too many white listeners, so I don't think anything's going to get stolen from me here. Oh, no. And if it does, it will be used inappropriately. I saw someone on TikTok use the term don't vex me, which is from like African, like West yeah. African, Caribbean <laughs> slang. I was like, what is going on? What do you mean don't vex you? Vex who? You vex yourself. I was like, what is that? Let's start with phrases that white people have stolen. You already were saying dead, I'm weak, things like that. I want to start off with some gay slang that mm-hmm. has come from black I feel like there's a lot of slang that you can't really tell if it was black women or black gay men. Mm. But either way, words like read, shade, mm-hmm. tea mm-hmm. that have gotten popular through like RuPaul's Drag Race. And now everybody says it. Right, right. Those come to mind immediately that that's black people slang in my head that now is just queer slang. And now it's just Internet speak. And now any anybody knows like oh give me the tea <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i have like a reaction i'm so sorry whenever i hear someone especially use the word tea in that way it's like oh what's the tea it's like we're talking about a meeting like this doesn't have to do anyway do you have any other white people for uh stolen <laughs> any other phrases from black people on your list that have now permeated to white people and now they don't know where it came from a hundred percent and this one makes me very angry the word woke to the point that people don't even use that term anymore because it has such a negative like cringy connotation initially like in 2012 2013 when that term was used it was used among like black activist circles online, not really in grassroots areas. I think it kind of went from online to like grassroots stuff, but it was used in black activist circles online to describe basically everything that was happening around that time. Like Laquan McDonald, that was 2016, 2014 was Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin was 2012. So it was like all those police shootings, um, all of these instances of like over-criminalization of black people, period. And now it's been turned into, oh, you're just saying that to get quote unquote, social justice warrior points. And now the primarily the people that use it are white people, white conservatives that use it as if it's the woke agenda doing things like things in that nature. And it's really frustrating because I don't use the term anymore because of the negative connotation. And it frustrates me because it was a word that was not supposed to turn into swag or, you know, something like that. It's not like a silly word that became a word that white people use it. Now nobody uses it because it's lame. It's now a word that's being weaponized against the people who created it. Let's go to the category of relationships. So what I'm going to say is more of a viewed as a Negro spiritual. Okay. <laughs> Never let a man tell you he don't want you twice. Mm. That's an old wise black thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The feeling mm-hmm. it comes back from the Barbara, it's Shirley days. <laughs> Don't let a another one is half of a man is better than no man at all. Oh, oh my gosh. 
These are things that I don't think white people say ever. No, no, no. That we've heard. Even if you're not, even if you're a continental African. Right, exactly. (laughs) You know these phrases. So (laughs) never let a man tell you he don't want you twice just means basically if he's acting like he don't want you or he's he don't want you. It to you don't keep waiting for him to just sp- like spell it and literally say it word for word just mm-hmm. take the hint from maybe the first action don't make him tell you twice okay another one i have is what's understood ain't got to be explained <laughs> oh my gosh that's reminds me of instagram captions of like <laughs> That only black people use. It yes. is basically commemorating a toxic situation that you're in. Absolutely. It's always a woman basically saying that because she's maybe the side chick or maybe she's been cheated on and should have broken up with him. But now she's letting y'all know that she's not breaking up with him. And we, I don't have to explain anything to you because mm. we, we get each other. And right. the last one I'll say is spin the block. <laughs> okay, yeah. This Even is the though- more recent one that I've yo. seen. And it means- Basically, come back and give an old relationship another try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have been seeing that used among white people, though, which oh, is interesting. No. Yeah. Really? Already? Yeah. Already? Girl, on Barstool Sports, of all places. Yes. On, like, a video of theirs. So I was like, take this off my timeline. But unfortunately, it has permeated. I think re- literally close to the one that you mentioned, it was on the tip of my tongue. I'll come back to it. Yeah, people are... Uh, to use it in a sentence, people are saying that Cynthia Bailey, who is now divorcing Mike Hill, Cynthia Bailey mm. being from Real Housewives of Atlanta, they're saying she should spin the block on Leon, who she had her daughter with like 25 years ago, <laughs> which is crazy. It's crazy to be like, spin the block on Leon, as if he's not booed up with some white woman, probably somewhere. Oh, so, <laughs> I don't know that. It's just, a, it's just, it's just jokes. Just jokes. <laughs> Next category, sex. So I've already said shoot up the club or shoot the club up. Another one that I, I've noticed being used a lot, body count. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a phrase, two words together that basically are always used in discussion on how many people have you had sex with? Mm-hmm. What is your body count? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that is so aggressive and violent because... <laughs> When you ask somebody how many bodies they have, that could also be asking how many people have you killed? So, oh, yeah. And <laughs> you'll see like prank videos that somebody will ask somebody, oh, what's your body count? And they will interpret it as like, why are you asking me that about like the number of people who I could have like killed or something? I don't see it that often, but I've seen it sometimes. I just think that like even using the term body is just so dehumanizing, just like distilling a human being into like body, a physical body. Ugh, it's yeah, gross. I've noticed a lot of the sexual lingo is violent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot what does up that mean? the club. What's your body count? I bagged her. I smashed her. Like things like that that are so violent. <laughs> Shoot up the club. Like, Shoot up the club. Really? Damn, we're talking about murder. <laughs> Just to talk about sex, it's crazy. I feel like the black community is the only community I see where we do talk about sex. It's such a scary, violent, unfun, unfun not fun way you know mm-hmm. when young girls are even beginning to kind of discover their you know their not sex i mean there's a point where you are maybe in your teen or early 20s where you start realizing like okay maybe i got a little body or like ooh, i kind of can make people look at me if i 
show a little skin or you're experimenting and learning about your sexuality or whatever. And but we still have this history of calling young girls fast, even when they're not right. Before they even get to that point. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women won't even get to that point till they're in their like mid 20s, because from a young age, you and I have the same upbringing of put a jacket on, put a sweater on. Don't show mm-hmm. your don't show your legs. Just being held back so much, being told you can't wear that in front of your uncle, like weird shit. Mm-hmm. Because they're so worried that women will be sexual or grow up to think that being sexual is okay and stuff like that. And then when you do enter this being sexual part of your life, these terms that are used to describe sexual activities that are crazy, that are very violent. And, mm-hmm. and I always think of that song. Is it Life Jennings? The oh, song which one? Like, S-E-X, take a deep breath. Down. Oh. Go crazy when he finds out that his babies have S. It's so scary. It's like oh, a fucking it is like Jennings. Ugh. Yes, it's a horror theme about sex, and it, the whole point of the song is literally, "Hey, don't have sex, women." It's it's pointed directly at young women to be like, "Think before." Yeah. You let it go. Also, the idea of she gave it up and things like that. It's so gross the way mm-hmm. that sex can be talked about. Like, damn, why can't we just like sex? Why can't women? Anyways, I won't get into that. That's all. I'm already getting into this whole right. About how I, I will say there, uh, there's another community that uses <laughs> slang that's really nasty towards sex and women. Um, the Jersey Shore community. Because I remember they would use the term smush all the time and just being so thrown off. That na- it's like, it's nasty in like a moist, squishy, ugh way like oh yeah we smush oh so you know we're not alone there is other communities that also use terms like that those people i was it was so popular when i was in high school and i just kind of looked at they just looked so greasy and yeah they were sliding across the television screen every week and i was there watching it sweaty and greasy and none of them were attractive the last one i'll say in the sex category that makes me crack up is that got got 4000 oh my (laughs) (laughs) she got that got got 4000 <laughs> where have we where have we followed? <laughs> oh my lanta that gog gog <laughs> I'm screaming. That is definitely ooh, that needs to go up in the Hall of Fame. That one is yes. so who created that? Like, oh my gosh. Black wow. people on the internet. Yeah, I don't even dude. Know where it came gog gog four thousand. Yes, and ah. that is just an allusion to amazing blowjobs. Wow, yep. There are some homophobic ones I've noticed. <gasps> and so the number one. For, that I will say is the word sus. Okay, yeah. Sus standing for suspect. Mm-hmm. And I bring this up because I had a conversation with my sister. Um, sometimes when you're talking to family members who aren't as open-minded as you, you just got to frame it as like a joke mm-hmm. and just keep laughing and pointing out the falsehood or the hypocrisy and things. Because, well, there was some singer who did something. Anyway, I don't know who it was that day who was accused of being gay. Oh. And so, I oh, I remember... Okay, so what it was, was it was that time where it was like uh, Lil Nas X, people were mad that he was putting his gay... Oh, agenda, whatever, juice all over the place. that he was gay. Like, he was letting people know he was gay. He's kissing people on award stages, naked men dancing in his music videos. They're mad. They're like, he's putting his gay shit in front of us. Like, ooh. Oh, yeah. And they had said, like, if Lil Nas X can kick his shit in peace. Da, 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 da. But then I, I was telling my sister, isn't it so funny, though, because y- the number one thing that Black people seem to hate is also DL men at the same time. Mm-hmm. So men who don't want it to be known that they're gay and stuff like that. And so the word sus 
race is just used to attack and alienate men who may be gay or not. And so Mm -hmm. I was literally telling her, what do people want? Like... So if you're if you're gay, if you tell everybody, hey, I'm gay, just so you know, not tricking anybody. I'm Mm -hmm. gay. Please know that I am gay. It's like, fuck you. Get out of here. But then if you just are gay quietly and you don't make it a thing, they're Mm -hmm. like, man, he hella sus. He he's sus. It's like suspect of what? What what is he? Like, why being gay? Like, he's a criminal. He's a suspect. Like, oh, that's super sus. want like it's ridiculous like the homophobia is too ridiculous now mm-hmm. and my sister because i was saying she she was saying that maybe the word sus isn't inherently negative and i said nobody is ever using the word sus to talk about something positive it's always uh, to yeah. say he's sus in a negative way to be like we don't like that we're suspicious of you mm-hmm. for whatever reason like why do people care who's gay or not what does that matter specifically when it comes to a singer why mm-hmm. does it matter who's gay or not is the song good you know, like, what does it... Anyway, so that's my first one. Do you have any that you have seen? Yes. And this is one that now that I think about it, definitely toes the line, if not completely, in that cat- in this category that we're talking about. Um, but I'd be using it. Dick riding, dick eating. Like, the dick eating <gasps> is too much. Like, like DJ Academic, dick eating, yeah. Ew, that's, like, gross. That's, like, a lot. I know, but sometimes it... It does describe the situation like with DJ academics talking about Drake. It's like the dick eating is out of control. Like it really is. <laughs> the dick writing is out of control. And it sounds so aggressive. I don't know why am I? It's like of all people, why am I saying it? I think sometimes when we're passionate about how we feel, the most hardcore word we can think of seems appealing. Dick writing is aggressive. That's a lot. That's, That's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> and dick eating? With a knife and fork? Jesus. Like, <laughs> eating? Ew. I've At never the table. heard anybody say dick eating. I've heard, like, dick riding and stuff like that, but I mm-hmm. haven't heard dick eating. That's a lot. But yeah, that could be seen as especially homophobic. The other one that I have is the word zesty. So this oh, one is basically yeah. the female equivalent of sus, where I've seen For mostly sure. women use this. Yeah. They will use it against men to alienate them and ridicule them typically they won't even say it about a gay man just a man Mm -hmm. who they think is acting feminine Mm. or who they because it's always a joke to just call a man gay or insinuate that he's gay so -hmm. i've seen in a lot of blogs in the comments people will be like oh he acting super zesty oh he's super zesty right now Mm. it's a funny word it is so it gets a lot of laughs to call someone zesty Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day because zesty what does that even mean like spicy i know I think of zest. I guess is zesty, but it at the at the same time you are still trying to demean someone and mm. put them down for the way they're behaving as a way to shut them up and make them feel bad because nobody is calling anybody zesty as a compliment. Nobody's supposed to take it as oh uh-huh. thanks. It's only supposed to be a laughing at your expense kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just keep thinking about Doc Doc Four Thousand. That <laughs> was the winner of tonight. <laughs> I just can't stop. Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'll be like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> God, God, what, that's it. Another category I have is crime mm. <laughs> or criminal mm-hmm. activity or something related. So <laughs> I only have a couple. The first one that I have that I think is really funny is fucked up the church's money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and that just means made a bad financial decision for a business, a group of people, or a family. Mm-hmm. They can literally be you and your friends. 
or whatever. Um, like it's just an example. Of, I don't. I, it's not. Uh, I can't think of a good example. Just that you would say like, oh, he done fucked up the church's money. Like bad financial decision. He fucked up the church's money, mm-hmm. especially if you represent a group. I in comments and stuff on TikTok. I haven't heard it anywhere else. That and Zesty are TikTok like <laughs> staples. Yeah, a lot of the stuff is stuff that I've read in the comments that I would probably say out loud if I had a group of black friends here and all. <laughs> I swear we are here in Austin. I just can't reach any of them. They're all in their other groups of white people. And we can't Did reach Did you see each the other. thing I sent you though? Did you see that? Yeah, it was one event that was happening four minutes from the t- Oh no, the other thing on TikTok. Black Girl Austin. Oh no, I guess not. I'll okay. <laughs> yeah, just check it out. Check it out. It look cool. I hope so. I mean, we'll see. I don't have a lot of hope for these kind of things. I don't know. Why? I don't know. I feel like in general, I think maybe, I mean, I have my theory about social media fucking everything up, which is why I vehemently don't have any social media Mm -hmm. anymore, really. But I feel like it has made everything so superficial and Mm. stuff. Because, I mean, I've found Black women on Bumble BFF, Mm -hmm. but nobody really wants to form an actual connection and really go out and really be friends. Mm -hmm. Everybody's profile is, and I'm speaking with the black people because I'm not worried about white people on there. It's all, you know, like, oh, brunch. We like to travel. We're doing well. Yeah. But then when you match with people, they won't talk to you. Or if you message them, they might message back once or twice, but it never really goes anywhere. Nobody's talking, actually solidifying plans to go out. Mm -hmm. And so somebody who would be at an event would be more likely to actually go out with you. But I've done that before. And it's just like a lot of times that, I don't know, you have to keep trying, which I am going to do, but Mm -hmm. I don't have high hopes for things anymore. Mm. Because a lot of people, it doesn't always stick or really go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So... Sure. I don't know. I never go to these things thinking I'm going to find like a group or a best friend. I just go because I'm like, let me put on my cute outfit. The last one I have is Blicky. Uh, (laughs) I love the word Blicky. Blicky? (laughs) Not the Blicky. (laughs) The Blicky. I love there are words. Again, this probably should have been related to violence. I didn't have a violence guy. I had sex and sex just happened to be violent. But oh yeah, fortunate, <laughs> unfortunate, fortunate. The word blicky is so funny. I was watching now my uh TikTok uh feed is showing me like VR video game stuff. Oh, snap. Because people can talk to each other while they're playing a video game. And they're so funny. And so I was watching one. I guess it was some game related to Jason from the uh Friday the 13th type movies. Whatever. Oh, that's scary, man. It was either Jason or it was Michael Myers. So anyways, the guy comes in. And so there's a bunch of VR people playing in there. And I guess they're they're their the thing was to they were supposed to fight him or something. Mm-hmm. And so they all literally are <laughs> the way they're talking about it. They were like jumping him. <laughs> like one of them was like, beat his ass, beat his ass. <laughs> get him, get him. And then <laughs> somebody was like, let him get up, let him get up, let him get up. <laughs> like they were literally jumping. Like talking about it like they were physically jumping him. But then he didn't die. And so somebody in the comment was like, so they started talking about Halloween kills. 
the movie, which is, so I guess it was Michael Myers. So they were talking about Michael Myers in general because of this video game. Mm-hmm. And so then they talk about the ending of Halloween Kills, which is the second movie in the third, in the trilogy that's in the last movie, Halloween Ends is now airing. And so it's not a spoiler to say at the end of Halloween Kills, he doesn't die. Obviously there's a third movie that's out right now. Hey. He had gotten jumped by the crowd, mm. but like he didn't die. And then he ended up killing the crowd, even though they literally jumped him. And somebody in the comments was referring to that and they said, of course, he wasn't gonna die not one blicky in sight <laughs> no, if you haven't figured blicky. it out blicky means gun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just love the i love the word blicky it's just <laughs> it's so funny there is this picture that went viral with michelle tanner from full house back when that sh- like a screenshot of her holding two guns she was doing the you got to do with the thumbs but they just like photoshopped like two guns on it and it's like michelle put the book in. <laughs> that was like in 2018 i still think about that picture <laughs> there's one they do with mariah carey i don't know i don't remember the lyrics that they put oh is it we belong together i don't know it's like i said we belong together oh yeah <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> i don't know if this is violent but when people photoshop like them uh, like a person holding a gun i don't know why it's so funny america is a disgrace look how desensitized i am seeing michelle tanner as a four-year-old holding a gun <laughs> yeah funny. i don't have to see what that meme looks like That's oh my gosh <laughs> it does but i don't know it's funny in 2018 unfortunately and then i have a couple miscellaneous ones so we can okay. go i don't know you haven't said that many <laughs> so oh no i was like you go i didn't want to talk over but i do have some yeah, I mean, I guess you didn't categorize yours. I was hoping we'd fall more under categories. I should have told you. Oh, no, it's OK. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite ones is the math ain't mathin. Math ain't mathin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's yours? Glizzy. Glizzy? Glizzy. What does that mean? Oh, Glizzy, a hot dog. What? Yeah, like not him eating a Glizzy. Where is that coming from? <gasps> oh, it's on Twitter. <laughs> I it's think Twitter. that might be... Oh, like the word glizzy. That's where I hear it most of the time. I think it may be more of a Gen Z thing. A Gen Z, like black kids and Gen Z. I mean, I don't know why it became a thing, but yeah, glizzy. Okay. <laughs> People said not him eating, not him eating a glizzy. Not like, exactly. Damn, that glizzy was good. Is a hot dog that popular that they're like, we gotta, we gotta finesse the word <laughs> hot dog. Like we, we can't I, say hot dog. I don't know. I don't even know where Glizzy would come from for hot dog. I don't get it. See, I'm too old. I'm aging out of these things. <laughs> I will say too, if we were, if I was thinking about it in a different way, it could fall. It also, it could also fall under like the homophobic category because there is Gliz- Glizzy Gobbler. Like that's a whole other thing too. Oh jeez. Yeah. So they're putting in comments and stuff. But anyway, Glizzy Gobbler. Yeah, Gliz- like, what the fuck is with all this gobble eat riding? Like, jeez. <laughs> I know what's happening. That's anyway, a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, another one I have is like you're making it hot. Like yeah, hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a good that one. People don't really say it that much, but that's one that I can thankfully say I've never seen white people use. Definitely, white people will say the math ain't math and the math don't math. Mm-hmm. Other variations, but I've never heard a white person say you're making it hot right now. Like. Mm-hmm. Which obviously just means you are bringing too much attention to a situation. Calm down. Like, you're mm-hmm. making it hot. My last one is head ass, which is older. I think that probably was like maybe 2013, 2014. Um, but then it got overused. But I liked when it was popular, like head ass. It was before dead ass became popular all over the United States and not just in New York, which I think dead ass was popular in New York 
since the beginning of time. Yes, it was back when people used to go back and forth and just use ass as a modifier and <laughs> for everything. <laughs> Head ass, especially Head when ass. you're like roasting somebody. So I'll end with, uh, I will say we up. And so yeah, that is yeah, that's a good one. I feel like it kind of derived from when people were like city girls up. I was just going to say that. Up. Mm-hmm. And so now we up is just a general congratulatory statement. Like mm-hmm. I see you kind of we up, we doing it. We building community through your accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause when I eat, we all eat. That might be another one too. When I eat, we all eat. I live by that statement. I love it. People say that. Yeah. When I eat, we all eat. Yeah. I think of her something like that. I yeah. Too selfish. It didn't absorb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we all eating over here when i eat we all eat that's what i have feel like what i just wanted to point out is just that black people are really creative in a lot of different ways oh so many we talk is so fun Mm -hmm. it's one of the top things that make me really happy to be a part of this community Mm -hmm. uh so it can be very annoying when white people start to learn what we say and then they start saying it and then they have the nerve to be like oh no that's just internet speak or what are you talking about everybody says that or whatever it makes it less fun and I think sometimes you do have to kind of hold things close because it's what makes you you and what it's what makes there be a black culture when there are things that black people do. And that's why people say black people don't have a culture, because it's like everybody just kind of steals from it, it just mm-hmm. takes it and then says, no, that's just American. That's just Internet. That's just everybody's thing. Y'all don't have it. Black people, black Americans don't have anything, which is weird because it's very clear that black americans have a whole lot they have absolutely food, they have music they have dances they mm-hmm. push the culture forward everybody in music kind of follows suit now to see what the black people are doing and then mm-hmm. like can i copy some version of it the trap whole sound came from black people and that's mm-hmm. the most popular sound you hear in music today yeah so even like licky lee the white people are doing the trap beats now mm-hmm. k-pop because it's edgy. K-pop is directly from Black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> Koreans, and other people in different countries in Asia. Just being like, we love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's do what they're doing. And I respect that. I don't know. Whatever. I don't have a problem with that. The Them being inspired by us, um, by Black people. I haven't thought too much into that. I mean, I think for me, it depends. I think it depends on the situations. There are definitely clear inspirations with nuance versus straight up just taking that I've seen. Um, And I'm not really a big K-pop person, so I can't really speak from like being a part of that community or whatever. I'm a person from the outside just seeing someone wearing like Aaliyah's Tommy Hilfiger outfit in box braids and being Korean and seeing that I'm not going to say, oh, they were just inspired. And like, what is that? Like, why did you do that? Like, that's appropriation, clearly. I just, I hate when it doesn't come with respect. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I haven't seen disrespect from Asians. So I can't be mad. I will say, what is that K-pop dude? He's like KR&B and he also raps. His name is like Jay something. Jay Park. Okay. Super popular. And he had a music video where he had like cornrows and somebody had like an afro. Of course, they're all Asian. Mm. People were like... That's appropriation. You can't do that. That's like mm-hmm. strictly black things. He was like, well, y'all be wearing Chinese flip flops and you be using our chopsticks and you be like, he was saying things like that. Like y'all be taking from us. So what's the big deal? See, that's and a problem. He caught, he caught flack from that. He did. Yeah. He did catch flack from that. That's what I mean by you're taking it too far 
why do you need cornrows? Like that, you're literally just seeing something that black people do for themselves. White people don't do that. Latinos don't do that, but you're doing it because you're directly just copying black sounds and aesthetics. Not cool. And then I love Kai and I love the song. Mm, and I love the music video, mm-hmm. but he had no business wearing that do-rag because he didn't huh? I will send you this, the music video. This You have to listen to the song first because the song slaps. Okay. The song is good. Yeah, the song is phenomenal. And then the music video is so cool. But yes, he's wearing a do-rag, a sparkly do-rag. And it's just draped on his head because obviously he just saw it, thought it was cool. And his people, his stylist, they had no idea how to tie it. Because mm-hmm. it's Wonderful. not an Asian thing. It's a black thing. Why mm-hmm. would you know how to tie a do-rag if nobody on your team is black? Mm-hmm. Why would you even have it? Because it's cool. It just looks cool. So why don't we do it? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's not cool. And I wish they would stop. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I'm cool with the K-pop and KRNB and K-rap. I don't think of those things when I think of appropriation and leave our people alone. When they going to leave our people alone. Just leave, let us be, proud. let us be. A child is another Malibu's one. Malibu's Most Wanted? I just quoted something from Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, my God. Is that not Grand Theft Auto? Child. <laughs> it's literally everything we're talking about in one like how (laughs) you have to see malibu's most wanted it's okay things ever i haven't seen it in 10 years it might be more problematic than i remember it probably is but it has regina hall jamie kennedy tay diggs and anthony anderson okay and even nisi nash so it's all about jamie kennedy playing this spoiled white dude um who grew up in malibu but he's appropriating black culture he's changed the way he talks he sags his pants he thinks he's black he wants to be a rapper Mm -hmm. and so he grows up basically because his parents are like where did he get it from nisi nash was like his family's i guess home caretaker Okay. This lady growing up, like she helped raise him. And so he would listen to like her music and she would talk to him and stuff like that. Like his theme for his bar mitzvah was OPP. Like it was so funny. It's actually so funny because they, they go do a flashback and somebody's like, oh, what's the theme of your bar mitzvah? And he's like, OPP, bitch. And then the song plays and there's like a bunch of video girls dancing. And so the part I was quoting is one, I don't know, there was something, somebody, I guess, had something had happened. And so he says to Nisi Nash, because he has this black scent that he's putting on. And he says to Nisi Nash, Gladys, when they gonna leave our people alone? And she goes, I don't know, baby. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. <laughs> he said, what are they going to leave our people alone? Are uh, the collect the like royal was, we, us. He was tied. He was tied. I yearned. Wow. When are they going to leave our people alone? I don't know, baby. Go protest. Be in the front line. <laughs> no, it's so funny, though. <laughs> you have to see the movie. Like, it's so... And it's perfect because Tay Diggs and Anthony Anderson. So anyways, the, the plot of the movie is that his dad's running for, like, governor of California. And his campaign manager is this black man. I mean, they just show black in all different forms. That's the thing that actually was mm-hmm. cool. It wasn't like he's doing what he thinks black people do. Like he mm-hmm. has adopted this fake accent. He dresses like how he thinks black people do. He wants to rap, whatever. And so you have his dad's campaign manager, who's more of an uptight black man who obviously is working for like a white man. And he's like, oh, your son is an issue. Like we cannot have him. I feel like his campaign man- manager was played by like Blair Underwood or something. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But he was like, you need to get your son out of here because he's going to fuck up 
the church money. <laughs> He's going to fuck up the thing. And so they like to scare the black out of him. They hired two black actors from Juilliard played by Tay Diggs. Oh, that's Anthony funny. Davis. Okay. Did you scared straight? <laughs> To, yes, yes, exactly. Okay. And so they're very like, they're very much like, why did we have to take these gigs? We're from Juilliard. Like, why can't we do Shakespeare? I would just love to do this. But all they ever get are like playing street thugs and things, which is a comment on mm-hmm. the industry because it's true. A lot of these black actors be going to these nice schools mm-hmm. or actually studying. And then when they get to Hollywood, all they get casted at is thug number two. On Paper Lawn boy. Order. Paperboy. Although mm-hmm. that show is so deep. So I feel like they use that. that. If this was a, if Atlanta was a different kind of show, you would say like, oh, why did he have to play this thug rapper who sells weed? Mm-hmm. But it's actually a really thoughtful show. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so they, yeah, they have to play thugs. So you can see them trying to do their version of a black set to like scare him and kidnap him. The whole idea is just kidnap him for a ransom, take him to the hood, show him what the hood is actually like. He will be freaked out because he's from a wealthy family. He'll be like, oh, I don't want to be black. No more. Mm-hmm. And he will come back and act right or whatever. And so, of course, it doesn't go exactly to plan. That is a fun ride. And then Regina Hall is part of the scheme with them because one of them is her cousin. Mm, like, okay. They're getting paid a lot of money to do this. So they like offer to help her. Although her character is like, I want to open up my own hair salon. And that is... <laughs> But it was the 2000s. That was right. the thing. It was like ever somebody has to have a hair salon. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so fucking funny. Maybe we'll watch it when you come down this weekend. We might find some time. Yeah. I'm looking at the cast. It is a very 2003 cast. Bo Derek, Cal Penn, Nick Swardson, J.P. Minot, Terry Crews. Hmm. Mike, uh, oh, Terry Crews is probably some thug in the hood. He was also typecasted, remember? Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Aggressive, scary. Actually, maybe it was white chicks that really showed people like he's comedic. Before mm. white chicks, he was mm-hmm. always just the thug in the neighborhood or the scary black man around. But in white chicks, it was, oh, he's an NFL player or a basketball player who just likes white women aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> And he made that movie what it was. It's and then true. from there being on Everybody Hates Chris and then Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, I think White Chicks is what showed Hollywood. Like, he's funny. You can mm-hmm. actually give him a lot of lines and he will kill it. So. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to leave us with before we end this episode? Let's see. Not something super poignant has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. It's just literally been on my mind. I'm getting older as we all are. And I'm realizing that the clothes I have, this has to do with like fashion stuff. Um, I want them to fit me well. And I've gotten stuff tailored and it has changed my life. So if you are ever concerned about stuff not fitting you well, especially if you have a short torso like me and all your shirts look like Alvin and the Chipmunks on you, you should definitely go and get stuff tailored because it'll change your life and it'll fit your body shape right. And if we're on our grown and sexy shit, that's something that you need to do. So I will leave y'all with that. Hallelujah to that. Mm -hmm. That is a high five. Definitely. Whenever I get t-shirts now, t-shirts are always really long. They're so long. It's like, is this Pepper Ann's t-shirt or who? Thank you. I'm like, who is wearing this? It's too long. Betty Spaghetti? Girl, every t-shirt I buy, I already know I'm gonna have to chop the bottom half. Yeah. We're not wearing, I'm not tucking my shirt into my pants this way. Like, it's not, that's not it. No. Um, And then, yeah, all the pants I get, I do have to, I tailor them myself because Mm -hmm. I have a smaller waist than butt. But mm-hmm. ratio to waste ratio is not doing what the stores want. I really feel like stores be looking at SpongeBob <laughs> white women. I know, exactly. 
It's like this is the completely flat booty template and no thighs. To add to your tailored point, it will make you feel better about your own body. Oh, yeah. When you go to the store and you try shit on and you're in the fitting room and you're like, this should fit me. It's my size, but it's, you know, too big here or too small there or whatever. Things that just don't fit your body's shape correctly. And it makes you think that you're wrong because all of the clothes in the stores follow this format mm-hmm. or whatever. It's really not you. You just have to be willing sometimes to go up a size and then fix it yourself. Invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. your time and your money to the way you look. That's the grown and sexy shit that I'm talking about. Yes. Care more about the way you look. Thank Care you. Care more about the way you live. Mm-hmm. Put some effort into your life. Because you're Whether worth it's it. the way you look or the way the things around you. You are worth it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to be around. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. We love to see it. it. We love to see it. That's another one. Yes, there's a lot. We've just there's been so sprinkling them in. like Right. Pepper. throughout the episode so thank you all for joining us and we will talk to you next time you are listening to a young hag production 